Hello everyone, welcome to Black Girls Cry 2, a podcast for the black women's experience of everything. In the last episode, I explained what I wanted to achieve with this podcast and why I wanted to create this podcast. And today I will explain what triggered the switch in my life from corporate girly, making big money, to changing my life a full 180 degrees. So what happens? During my last years of Masters, my father passed away. And that was by far the hardest thing I have ever had to live through. My dad's dad triggered many changes and insights in my life. And one of these insights was that I was unconsciously living out my immigrant parents' dream. But it wasn't mine. And I had lived their dreams and aspirations for so long that it became a part of me. So when life took half of me, I didn't know how or who to live this dream for anymore. And for the first time in my life, I thought about what I wanted, what were my passions, my dreams, and how would my ideal life look like for me. When I was wondering and questioning myself about what I wanted, I realized I had absolutely no clue but I knew deep down that whatever I wanted would shatter, shatter my Congolese parents' dream completely. And it did. So the first series of this podcast is called Chronicles of a Liar and will be about all the lies we learned to believe since we were of young age and how to find your own truth in all of this. For the first episode of this series, we will discuss the immigrant's parents' dream Grab your tea and let's dive into this. Okay, so let's start by defining the immigrant's parents' dream. This is a definition that I came up with, so it's not an official definition, but I think it's pretty exhaustive. The immigrant's parents' dream, a definition. A parent's desire for their children to gain superior freedom, financial status, and safety than they have experienced. The idea is to surpass them in all aspects of their life, with often an important focus on the socioeconomic aspects. The parent doesn't want their child or children to go through the same suffering and trials they did. From their perspective, the only way to have a better life than they had is through increased financial and social currency. Can we start by acknowledging and thanking our parents for the sacrifices they made? First of all, before we start criticizing them, (laughs) let's give a word of praise and thanks for our parents, because even though they didn't do all the things right, their heart was in the right place and they gave up so much for us to be where we are right now, whether we decided to follow their path or not, the possibility even to make that choice is something they unconsciously enabled. So shout out to all the African parents, all the immigrant parents out there. It is a sacrifice that is so deep and intentional that I don't think we'll ever really grasp the extent to what they had to give up for us to be where we are. Now that the praise is over, let's start the criticizing. (laughs) What does the 
immigrant parents dream look like and how can we define those immigrant parents so they all go through the same similar path they leave everything they know friends family loved ones for a better future in western countries most of the time there they have to face many trials including xenophobia adjusting to a new language culture etc uh, even sometimes some humiliation i'm thinking about parents who had a degree in their home country that hasn't been valued in their new country so they're working lower jobs basically while they have degrees to take care of their family and the ultimate goal of all of this is to give their children a better life according to them this is a beautiful sacrifice why is this dream then so harmful the dream in itself is not harmful but more the idea behind the dream because it's not about it's not only about achieving those things it's about achieving those things in a very specific way that they already had laid out for us before we were even born so how are we going to look at this problem we're going to first start to look at the parents intentions versus the children's realization because they have a dream but it's us who have to realize a dream so if you look at the parents we already know about their intentions it's stability safety and success and having a better life than them and they are actually achieving that according to a us based research led by abramisky professor of social sciences at stanford university and bustan professor of economics at princeton university children of parents from third world countries outperform the children of the us born raised in similar households the research also showed that immigrants have a better work ethic than the us born and that immigrant parents put more emphasis on education it most often takes them only one generation to rise up from poverty and no matter which country their parents came from children of immigrants are more likely than the children of the us born to surpass their parents income when they are adults so i would say that's a goal achieved so that's a win for all the immigrant parents out there now that we looked at the parents intentions and dream let's look at the point of view of the children let's look at us so what about us for us the ones who have to actually realize all those dreams well we feel for our parents we know how hard they had it we know how hard they might still have it we see them waking up at unimaginable hours to go to work we see them being tired we see them being mistreated at work or we see them having to work so much harder to get some recognition and we feel for our parents we feel for our parents because somewhere in our hearts we realize that I am my parents sacrifice at what cost did they leave everything they knew to go f- to the unknown at what cost did they have to start over in a country that they didn't know where they were strangers at, at what cost did they come overseas by themselves to build up a better life it was all for us it was all for us 
so where we have this immense gratitude for our parents, we also feel some guilt to please them. We feel that we have a responsibility to make them happy because they decided to give up on some parts of their happiness for us. And not only do we feel for our parents, we also have the burden of the dream because the immigrant parent's dream is upon us to realize. So we have a burden to take advantage of the new life, to achieve stability, safety, success. And I talk about it as a burden because we don't get the choice. We don't get the choice to think like, oh, what if I want to do this? What if I want to do that? No, the way we think is we have to take every opportunity that comes because our parents sacrificed too much for us not to. And where the problem lies is that not only do we feel for our parents, not only is it upon us to achieve that dream of being successful, we also have to realize it in a certain way. So our career choice is tied to our parents' approval. And unfortunately, African parents don't play like that. The two requirements for your job is first, you need to be, make big money from the get-go. So it means like once you graduate there, like money needs to be flowing. And second of all, shout out to all my African parents, because this is the funniest joke y'all told us. If you're not a doctor, engineer, or lawyer, you are nothing. You hear, you are nothing. Do not come talk to me if you're not a doctor, engineer, or lawyer, because those are the three only jobs in the whole African universe. <laughs> I remember after my first year at university, I passed and I was like, I don't want to continue. I want to become a psychologist. And there was just a silence in the room. My parents' face were full of love and confusion because they were like, what are you supposed to become with this degree? What are you going to do? Is Are you going to have like clients? It's, it was not a safe career, especially now back in the days when there was no focus on mental health, let alone black mental health specialists. And I remember feeling trapped because I knew I wasn't going to be the one to disappoint my parents. And so, you know, I already passed the first year. I felt like I had no choice. I felt like I had no choice. Why I had the choice. I could have just changed. But disappointing my parents was something at that time that felt so heavy for me that I didn't even think about that. And so I just continued. I continued until reality caught up on me. And when I had no one to continue to achieve this dream for, I had to start thinking about myself. Yes, I was still achieving the dream for my mom because my mom was still there. But my dad was this huge support and really the person I was doing this all for because he made sure I had such a great life and such amazing experiences that I wanted to make sure that he 
he received a return on investment on everything he invested in me. And that's where the problem lies. You're not an investment. You're not an investment. There is no return on investment. There is no return on sacrifices the way we imagine it. And the consequences of having the burden slash responsibility to realize our parents' dream is that we start identifying with the dream without thinking about ourselves and not thinking for ourselves. The problem that comes with giving specific career paths or giving specific faces to success is that our value becomes tied to our achievements. If you hear all your childhood that you have to become this big person to be successful, if you don't become that big person, you're not only not seeing yourself as successful, but you're not seeing yourself as worthy because your value is so tied to what you do and not who you are. The first question that they asked me, you know, like at family reunions or like when we were like with African parents is like, what do you do? So who you are becomes what do you do? I am an engineer before I am a funny person. I am a doctor before I am a kind person. Your career defines you. And so the problem is that when your career is not up to par to your parents' expectations, or even when you have a setback in your career, it's not only going to affect your professional life, it's also going to affect your personal life because you decided to tie your work value in your personal life value. So you decided that whatever was going to happen to your career is a metric value to how valuable you are as a person. If you didn't do studies, you're not as valuable as someone who did. If you don't have a master's, you're not as valuable as someone who has one. And that's the first toxic consequence about the realization of the dream. It's how we start identifying with the dream. But identifying with the dream also means identifying with the sacrifice. You are the dream because you are also the sacrifice. You're the sacrifice as in you know that your parents sacrificed a lot for you, but you're also your own sacrifice because you decided that your dreams were not worthy enough to be considered and that you're just going to push aside and sacrifice your dreams and aspirations for your parents. The second consequence is pressure. The pressure is getting wasa. As a child of immigrants who focused on achieving their dreams, you have a pressure of being that child. Not just a child, you have to be that child. So you have a pressure of being the best and excellent at what you do. A lot of us here are overachievers because we heard from a young age that we need to be the best. And not only do we need to be the best, we need to work twice as hard to get the same recognition. So we are overachieving in everything we do, 
in academics, in sports, in everything we do, we want to be the best. And unless we are perfect, we feel like we're not doing the job right, which can lead to procrastination because you want to be so perfect. You want to do things so perfectly and you're pushing off things because you want to be the best at it. So it's funny how perfectionists are actually the biggest procrastinators, not because they're lazy, but because they have this pressure of being the best. So you have the pressure to be that child, the golden. Your parents need to be able to go somewhere and say, oh, my child did this, 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 speaks that many languages, has traveled to that many countries. You are living achievement board. And then you also have the pressure of making your parents proud, which limits what you can do in life. Not because they wouldn't be proud if you did it some, some way else. They don't know any other ways. They don't know any other ways than the ways they were taught, which means high education, which means high paying careers, but also highly stressful careers. And so you want to make your parents proud, but you know that making your parents proud means limiting 95% of the careers out there. Not only in academics, also in life. For us, it's very difficult to get with a partner that your parents wouldn't approve of. Sometimes I hear stories like, yeah, my parents didn't like them, but I forced them. And I'm like, you forced what? How? When? Because I could never, I could never bring someone home and my parents would say, oh, no, we don't like him. And I'll be like, okay, let me push for it. So this pressure of making our parents proud is something that is seeping through our whole lives. It's normal to want recognition from your parents, but it's not normal to live your life to get that recognition. And last but not least, we also have the pressure of making our community proud. We live as communities. Individualism is something very Western. We live as communities. It takes a village to raise a child. Like we have aunties, we have uncles, we have cousins, we have moms, we have dads. All of these are family for us. Even if they're not blood family, they're family. And so we don't only want to make our parents proud, but we also have this responsibility of being a representative of our community. Sometimes I speak with people and they tell me, I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of seeing a black woman where you are. I'm proud of what you've achieved. And I have very mixed feelings about that. On the one hand, it warms my heart in a way I cannot describe. It warms my heart that people look at me that uncles, cousins, friends look at me and are like, I'm proud of what you've done. But on the other hand, it's also that pressure. And, you know, in all that pressure to, to be the best for our families, for our community, and all that pressure to work hard to become someone, you might wonder, what about me? I'm so busy pleasing my community. I'm so busy pleasing my parents. But who is thinking about what would make me happy? Who is thinking about pleasing me? So what about us? 
And that is exactly where the journey started for me. When I started to think, what about me? The few things I learned when I started this journey, questioning what about me, is that money doesn't bring happiness. It brings happiness to a certain extent because I'm not gonna lie, I like my bag full. Thank you. I love being financially secure. I love being able to save. I love being able to give back to my family. But when the basic necessities and more are met, money doesn't make you happy. And our parents came from a different reality than us. For our parents' reality, for most of our parents' reality, the main source of the problems was money. So if money was not a problem, they didn't have problems. And if they didn't have problems, that meant being happy. So when they want us to go for these high-paying careers, it's because they want us to be safe and stable, but also because to the reality they grew up in, that equals not having problem. But for us, from our reality, where most of the time the basic needs and more have already been met by our hardworking parents, all that extra money is not going to lead to extra happiness. If you look at the Eastern paradox, we see that at some point, happiness is linked to the income, but long-term growth rates of happiness and income are not significantly related. So past a certain point, the additional money is not going to make you happy. And if you live your life to make other people's happy and you get where they want you to get you'll start thinking, what's next for me? Now I did this for my parents. I did this for my community. What's next? Was that supposed to be the main reason why I wake up every day to make people proud? And the answer is no. It's not going to make you happy to make people proud if it's not aligned with what you want out of life. The second thing I realized is that our dreams are no less than their dreams. It is okay to have dreams that are totally different than your parents. And those dreams are worthy of being pursued too. It doesn't mean that you don't respect your parents' struggle or sacrifices. It doesn't mean that you're not grateful for the sacrifices. It's a bit paradoxical, I don't know if that's a word in English. Our parents worked so hard to give us the possibility to dream. Our dreams are not always going to align with our parents' dream. Plenty of people follow their parents' advice in terms of career and they are perfectly happy. It's about having the choice to dream and to pursue your own dreams. And not following your parents' dream doesn't mean you're not grateful for the sacrifice. It doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge all they gave up to give you a better life. And last but not least, your value is not linked to your achievements. 
if I wasn't an engineer, I would be, I would still be worthy of the same respect and love I receive today. What your achievements can tell about you is your discipline, your ambition, your drive. But even if you didn't achieve what your parents wanted you to achieve, you're still worthy of their love. Their love is unconditional. It's not based on what you achieve or what you not achieve, and it shouldn't. And who you are as a person matters much more than career. And whether I have a whole year where I'm super successful and everything is going well, and another year where everything is crashing down, it doesn't change the fact that in year one, I was that girl, and in year two, I'm still that girl. Period. So we looked at our parents' point of view, we looked at us, how to conciliate these seemingly clashing views. The gist is the views are not clashing. We see the same sky, but not with the same glasses. If we look at our parents' reality versus our reality, most of the time our parents were in survival mode while we are in living mode. And the reason we don't really understand each other is something that can be explained through the pyramid of Maslow. If you don't know the pyramid of Maslow, I would advise you to just look it up. If you look at the pyramid from bottom to top, you first have physiological needs, which are air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. So the really basic needs of every human being. Then you have the safety needs, personal security, employment, resources, health, property. Then you have love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection. You have esteem, respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, freedom. And then you have self-actualization at the top which is a desire to become the most that one can be. And how the pyramid works is that if your physiological needs, so which are the primary needs, are not met, you won't have the time nor the space in your head to think about the safety needs. And if the safety needs are not met, you won't have time to look at love and belonging, etc. And so if we look at our parents' reality, most of the times they were so focused on giving and having the physiological needs and safety needs that the three above are not even something they considered. Maybe let's say love and belonging was still in them, but esteem and self-actualization are not something they had the luxury to think about. And for us who already received all those basic needs from our parents, we're longing for more. We're longing for self-actualization. We want to become the most that one can be. We want to follow our passions. We want to follow our dreams. We have the space to think about how do I feel? What do I want out of life? And all of those things are a luxury to think of because not everyone has the time and resources to actually think about that. Not everyone has a luxury to think about such deep questions of life. Some people are always in survival mode and the main question they have is, 
What am I going to eat today? What are my children going to eat? What am I going to wear? And so achieving the highest self doesn't look the same for them who were in survival mode as for us who are in living mode. Achieving the highest self means making sure that all those basic needs are met and more. Which is why the focus is more on the financial currency when they think about what do we want for our kids. While for us, achieving the highest self will be about having a meaningful life. So it's not the intentions that are clashing, it's how those intentions manifest in our lives. And it's funny that it's their sacrifices that gave us the luxury and privilege to think about achieving the highest self and having a life of meaning. Eventually, they want us to be happy. And what they don't want is us to worry about things they have to worry about. But on the other hand, they don't understand that being happy is not only about having the basic needs met. Apart from those basic needs, there are so many other things based on meaning, mental health, following their passions, following our dreams, defining our dreams, living our lives on our own terms that are going to be the base and the foundation of a happy life it's on our own terms. But don't forget, some of us are going to be parents too. And sometimes I wonder, what will be the second generation's parents' dream? What would be the dream that we will have for our children? Is it going to be different than our parents? I know that for me, I will want my children to be happy according to their standards. But I also know that there might be paths that my children would want to follow that I'm never going to understand or I never would be happy with. And I can just hope that with everything I learned from my parents and everything I learned from life, I'll do better than them. Because I think that they don't only want us to do better in careers. They also want us to be happier and be better parents than they were. Because they gave us so much and we received so much from life. So it's our responsibility now to do better for the next generation. And I will end with a quote that I loved. Shout out to Brown Gull Trekker, which says... Whereas survival was a manifestation of fear that my parents created in my head, to dream was a manifestation of having faith in life. That's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week. We will continue talking about the immigrant parents' dream with a special guest. I hope to see you next week. In the meantime, I'm sending you loads of love i appreciate you you're sincerely always low i know i said i'd do it then but what if i don't wanna i'm on a different path now standing at the corner
of a crossroads. Boatloads of ideas get forgotten, but I don't want to remain stuck, stagnant, and rotten.